Um, Diddle-a-dum-dum, British Strongman Podcast. So today we are going to talk about, I'm going to put 20, I'm going to literally put a 20 minute timer on the clock, Shane. You have not, do you know what we're going to talk about, Shane? You do not have a, do not have a clue, dear, because we just make it up. So I'm literally going to put a 20 minute timer on and then we're going to talk about a deadlift peak or programming or whatever. We'll, we'll do like a little bit of a case. 20 minutes to start. We're going to talk about deadlift programming. And uh, let's talk about this imaginary uh, kind of, like say, imagine we've got a 12-week block that we're peaking for a for a comp. Um, let's talk about Strongman specifically, right? Because I saw, I saw a really good post the other day. Um, forgotten his name. Is it Lee Shaw? Uh, Stre- uh, I saw an Australian dude. Pardon? Yeah. How's he, guy? He's called um, Strongman Way, is it? No, not somebody else. Another Aussie dude. Uh, no, I don't know. Yeah, but I think they, tra- I think they tra- trained together or something. But but anyway, he posted something re- really good, and it was like basically comparing powerlifting to Strongman um, and say, saying about like uh, peaking for a competition and basically powerlifting, how how it's so different because powerlifting, you, have to, you, you, you just basically have these beautiful kind of perfect blocks of training to peak you for like whatever four comps a year where you know exactly what you're going to expect on the calibrated kit blah 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 whereas strongman it's very different because you have to be good at a hell of a lot of things like all year round um and um and i suppose for us kind of that's that's what to be honest that's what i found really really exciting about programming and like, obviously, we, we we do this on a Tuesday, and and like I, I've just been doing programming all all day, and then come to do this podcast, and I just find it so stimulating because you're getting these kind of blocks, like imaginary blocks in your head, or where you're leading up to for a comp for a client, and then they might throw you, they might say, oh, I've entered this other comp that's three weeks before this comp, it's got this for reps instead of a max, it's got that in, it's actually got a squat in, so we. And you just have to like kind of, I suppose, be creative and like just put put. I I, I just think think it's amazing. Like um, um. Anyway, I'm fucking talking shit. But but anyway, let let's talk about um. So I've I've touched on why why it's actually like so difficult. Not difficult, but like you could get ten really good strongman coaches or programmers or whatever. They're really good and compare the kind of the the processes for like a 12-week block or an eight-week block and they just be completely different. Uh, but like we say all the time, like it, it's it's really interesting having a look at different angles and um because there's so many ways that you can be successful, isn't there? Um but what 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 are the what are the main principles you you think, Shane? Like if you if you had to sum it up in like 20 seconds what would be the most important thing to think of for your your deadlift for peaking for a deadlift event in strongman for peaking it well peaking's peaking's the easiest thing in the world so i don't really think that peaking I don't know. It's just it's just peaking a lift. It's peaking peaking a lift's the shortest phase that you do. It's the most specific. 
and it's the it's, it's easy like you know it's not it's not really um not really much to say it's about to be I think that the oh, well, well come on then like I'm an I'm a nov I'm a novice strongman listening to this and I'm looking at getting my uh, of uh, my PB's two two ten, and I've got two hundred for reps coming up in comp that's twelve weeks away or whatever. Um, I would see. I wouldn't class uh, twelve peak. You see, because I would class that as two blocks. I would class that as accumulation. And yeah. Then all right. Well, well t- tell us about tell us about the phase. Tell about about the phases. Two, three phases. Whatever. Like what what yes. what, could you, what could you do? But so, like, were you talking to this novice guy who's listening, who doesn't have a coach, you can't afford to pay for anybody, and he's gonna and he's gonna write down notes now and use this kind of framework and give it a go. So simple. If you got 12 weeks and using that scenario of two 10 max and you got 200 for reps, that basically means that you might be able to at the moment, you might be able to scrape a double. But potentially still just a single, but but it's an easier single than than you, than your two ten. So that means that your training program for that competition, I wouldn't even take into account caring about two hundred for reps. I would see it more as let's increase your max because then if we take your deadlift to two twenty two thirty, you will just subsequently get more reps at two hundred. So I think that's the first mistake people make when they get in an event like that is they concentrate too much on the event and thinking about getting 200 for reps and then they get a bit confused with the programming side of things whereas if you just build your max up you will be able to um, get more reps in competition if you have like a bigger deadlift yeah and you over 10 to 12 15 reps then it's then it's a bit different you wouldn't just concentrate on getting a max you would have to actually have so, let, so me, let, me, let me just interrupt there, right? You've said one thing that if you take anything from just one thing from this episode, write down what Shane said. If in doubt, you think about all these different fucking methods, so and so said this, so and so said that. Shane's just said, get your max up and you're going to be winning. Whether you're doing a set of 10 at the comp, whether you're doing 15s, triple, whatever, if you get your max up, you, you're going to be. You're going to have the potential to be better at any given rep range with any given weight. So that, that instead of uh, get, getting them um, kind of overanalyzing it, get your max up. And how you can get your max up is what Shane's describing. It. So I would say if I, was, if I had 12 weeks, I'd be looking to do about five weeks of accumulation. So accumulation just means that we're trying to increase the amount of volume and work that we can put in or density you can use lots of different methods but basically we're trying to get you to do to handle and recover from but also to adapt to more work so over the first five weeks you might own you might if it was the 210 deadlift that i would probably go in more frequency so i would get them deadlifted three times a week just because the load is lower for this first five weeks and i'll be working with um different rep ranges each day and different loads so you might do something like you might do three sets of 10 really light on day one maybe 120 kilo something like that which is which is roughly 55 percent ish and then you go maybe it'd be like seven sets of five 140 150 and then 
the other day you might do like some triples at like one 160 165 170 i wouldn't really go much over like 160 170 because that's you're talking about 80 percent area there and then what i would do is for this lift area that we're describing nothing fancy just use some linear progressions for five weeks um and get them up to the point where they're deleted three days a week high volume maybe the end maybe the last set of uh, 10 by 3 maybe the end of like 180 kilo something like that for the heavier session of this accumulation block so it still gets pretty heavy so in the accumulation block you, your goal would be to like tonnage would be like weight time sets time reps and also you mentioned about like say undulating being the intensity so you can work in different rep ranges and the thing that I'll yeah. add to that and that I'll touch on that is is the skill aspect of working in dif different rep ranges. Like, um, yeah, if you've got your, if you get your strength up, like Shane said before, yeah. like you put your potential at any given rep range is, is obviously going to be higher. So that's the most important thing. But what I think some people like kind of overlook is like, say, say for instance, like you said before, they've got a set, they've, they've got a weight coming up where they're doing, um, Say, for instance, let's say the North qualifier got 260 for reps, for instance. Yeah. Um, and you've got lads in there that uh, say, I don't know, hitting, say they might, they, they might be at a, like a 340 max or something, 340, 350 max. And they might be looking at what, 260 for 10 to 12 reps ish, maybe. I don't know. Um, yeah. So, like, I, I think. It, I, I think it's important to actually, like for, for those guys at the, that kind of 340 range, I think it's important for them not necessarily to be blasting themselves with like fucking 260 for 10 every week or whatever, trying to get trying to get better. But even if they're putting like a, I don't know, like a, a 200 for 12 as an extra set and 210 for 12, throwing it in there, um, it's going to be easy for them to recover from, but we're just going to be able to get used to that uh, kind of pacing and breathing because uh, and actually using the time better because if you're thinking if you're if you brace like you're gonna say you for instance Shane say you brace like what well say your max at the minute roughly ish what 330 ish raw maybe yeah you're on there yeah yeah so if you, you you're doing a 240 for reps where you might be aiming for I don't know for 12 reps isn't it 12 to 15 reps maybe I don't know um, and you go and hit that first couple of reps at 240 and you're bracing like it's 360, you get you might get like five or six, seven deep and you're like, fuck me. I'm actually feeling feeling fatigued there. You can't you can't possibly brace. You're 30 seconds into that. You can't possibly brace as much as you do on the first two. And then therefore those like seven, eight onwards is becoming a real grind. Do you understand what I mean? Whereas... Yeah. Whereas actually, if you get used to kind of bracing sub-maximally and just doing enough and maintaining the, the kind of brace that you're going to be able to maintain pretty much 50 seconds deep, like there's a, there's a skill element to it, isn't it? A lot, a lot of people say, oh, I need to build up my cardio or whatever. And it's like... And I think the most... Because I'm training Mr Magoo for uh, that 260 for reps that you're on about. And he's a good example. He's a near, he's a near yeah. born. Um, so he's been doing like I had him do 220 I think wow. it was in, no 180 for two sets of 20 yeah 
200 for 15. That's kind of where he's up to at the moment. Because for me, one of the key things that I believe you need to get good at when you're in those kind of rep ranges is I'm not necessarily worried about Scott doing them the amount of reps. I believe that even if I beat his max, yeah. He'd, he'd still probably get similar reps. But what I'm concerned with is how is he five minutes after doing it? How's his recovery after the event? How's yes. He gonna... yes, yes, that's great. That's a great point. So that's why I've had Scott doing higher reps, but for two sets, so that he not only has to perform, but he's then got to recover it. Yeah. And on the day, yes, the load's going to be higher, but he's only got to do it once. Um, yeah. So that's kind of where I'm at um, with, with higher rep ranges. Is I really think the recovery, because athletes like yourself and the twins and that, I know that you you lot probably wouldn't, you, you train like this kind of quite often. You've got high, high pace and really good anaerobic threshold and recovery and stuff. Whereas some strong men, their issue is the output. Sorry, the issue isn't the output, it's recovering from the output. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. Yeah, you know, you know what, mate? That that's a great point. I've never like I, I'll often put like a high rep setting. Like I'll get them to do the kind of main stuff, and then I might put in like a, a one set with a couple more reps, and I think they would get a, the comp, if you will. But that that's a great uh, that that's a great thing that I never thought of is like just putting an extra set, and then you're forcing them to be more efficient and not blow the load on that set and. Be like, right, well, I can just blow my load on that set and then fuck off home. They've got to repeat, they've got to repeat it, haven't they? Which, like you say, is and, and and by the way, what you've just said about the principle, that's something I pride myself on as a coach. You know, like we said last week about um I can't remember, we said something about it was about recovery or whatever, and saying how we both how it's both so important to us, but we treat it in different ways. But we get yeah. to but yeah that that's one of my principles that I pride myself on is like the the one of my one of my big things is getting somebody to a cup regardless of how somebody does at a comp like i know the likelihood is that they're going to finish it and do as well as about as well as they can do do you know what i mean and i, I don't want to fucking tempt here but like I, I think that's a trainable thing that that getting people people to a comp and pe- people actually finish the comp and then they feel like, oh, fucking hell, that was like an easy event session. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, 100%. Um, and then they're, they're straight into the next training block the day after or the whatever. Um, Going back to this uh, thing, though. Um, so five-week accumulation, let's say the end at 10 by 80. Yeah. Then I would deload them that next week. Because they've just, you don't really want to do 12 each straight. You know what I mean? Yeah. Most people handle that. So we'll finish the accumulation, take a deload week where I'll probably get them to pull twice a week for speed. And then um, after that, you'd, you'd have another five weeks and a deload till you comp. And then I would get a little more specific. I would drop to deadlifting twice a week, probably at this point, because you're probably going to need to train your other events and stuff as well. Take as much priority as just the deadlift. So I dropped the frequency back. I day heavy one day where they pick a variation that they really shift at uh, just to hit a weak point. 
So 12 inch deadlift is a really common one I like. So, you know, like a three inch raise. And the, both, both sessions for someone with a 210 max, I make both sessions pretty heavy, um, to be honest, because they should be able to sustain that for five weeks. And because they're doing 200 for reps, I wouldn't actually peak them. I'd peak them as if they were doing a one rep max on that day. So I would take them up to probably a heavy triple seven to 10 days out, something like that. Um, so whenever I plan a peak, guys, the way I do it is I work backwards from the date and goal. So I find the competition date. I find the day that I want the last heavy session. And I decide what do I want this person to hit for this last heavy session. I'll write that first. And then I work backwards from it. And that's how I do the, uh, you know, do a peaking plan. I always work, whenever I get close to a comp, I always work backwards from the comp because I, as long as the targets are realistic, it works out better that way. And then kind of when I work backwards, sometimes I'll go through it again in my head and I might adjust it a little bit, but I always work backwards first. Uh, and then obviously what I do is, if, if I was coaching someone, if things went better or worse than planned, I would, you know, adjust as we go. But I, but I always have a rough guide in my head as to where I want to go. Like I lay out the path, and then if we have to take a little bit of, you know, shimmying around the path, that's that's the way it goes. Uh, and then, yeah, I, I would end at a heavy triple. So this person who's got a 210 max, I think that the triple probably might be around the two 200 mark uh, that I'd work back from. Now, I know that sounds like you're doing the comp event for reps, uh, but I'm, like I said, I'm not taking that into account. It just so happens to be that's probably the number that I would would go with. And then if they hit 200 for a triple and they think, oh, I've got another one or two in the tank, that's great. You can hit your little taper to comp and you can send it on comp day. Maybe you get four or five. And then you've also just set yourself up there for a new one at max PB. So, you know, the following two weeks or so, you could kind of structure your training after the comp to take like 220, 230 single or something. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. So what, one little thing that I'd, that I'd add to that kind of template that you've given out, especially for some, somebody who's like at the no, novice, novice level, who's relatively new to it in terms of training age, like what, what I'd maybe do as an idea there is get, get somewhere in the, like, like Shane says, get the, say 12 weeks out or whatever, work backward. Then I'd, I'd probably at some point in there, like if you have to pick now, say maybe at the six week mark, do some kind of like AMRAP or rep max or something like that. But like on a day that you feel good, do some kind of rep max that will kind of give you some data to project off rather than, and then because realistically what, what it might be, you might be somebody who's been at 200 uh, training deadlift twice a week for the last, last year where you might be, it might be slow progress. You might be new. You might be really new to it, and um, you you might you might get up to two hundred for six for the comp, of yeah. which we might we might be just uh, holding you back a little bit. So, say for instance, like we we go and get, give somebody a at the six week mark, we give them right one ninety for reps, and then they go and hit seven. Like I I think um, so what. What we're saying there, 190. Yeah, so say they go and hit 190 for seven at the at the six week mark. 
we, we might know there that, that we might recalibrate the, the final six weeks and think, right, well, actually, that 190 is projecting them more towards like 235 or whatever. That's the 210 max. Um, yeah. So yeah. of which it might change the goals for the, for the comp to more like a... a what would it be? 200. Say like it might, might, you might be looking at more like six reps there, five or six reps pushing towards five or six reps for that final six weeks rather than uh, ending on a triple. So I think, I think, I think adding in like, and it doesn't need to be, um, it doesn't need to be maxed out. It doesn't need to be maxed out. You could give yourself like a max within constraint, you know, like some people use like, RPE, some people use reps in reserve or whatever, but just just something that you know that you can recover from. So it might be it might a sit, keep keeping it in layman's terms. It might be um, do, do like do like a max where before you start your technique starts to go to shit. Where you get where you get to that point where you feel like oh I could grind another rep out, but I'm going to be hitching or something like that. Say. Like, like build up to build up to your three rep max at the six week point uh, with a sm smooth lockout, something like that. A constraint that's going to be what you could do is if you've done this accumulation phase for yeah. five weeks, let's say that heavier session is 10 by three, as the example, when it comes to the last session of your accumulation, instead of doing 10 by three, you could do like just an AMRAP that has one rep left bank or whatever you want to do. Yeah. Then when you do your deload, before you write your peak, you've got that data there, like you said, haven't you? Like, oh, I've got a massive rep PB, 180, 190 kilo, whatever it will yeah. be. So then you kind of know, like you say, what, you, what you're working with yeah. before you write your peak. Um, just because I think doing it that way, you've got your full peak left then to write perfectly around your current strength level. Um, and you can, like you say, like, like you said, you get more database, don't you? you've got a more accurate representation of what you're going to do. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because, because really as a, as a coach, you look at this is, this is why this is, I suppose like why me and you make a living out of like, like coaching and actually providing feedback. Like if it was just fucking 12, 12 weeks, plans like you could write there's millions on there's loads on the internet that you can print off 12 week block or whatever go and do it but realistically it doesn't account for all these things that kind of undulate in everyday life and whatnot um but what one of those things is um like if you if somebody writes in their feedback you say you you might say something Shane like say three sets of five add weight We'll start at 60%, add weight for two more sets of five. Yeah. And then somebody gets somebody goes 160 for five, 175 for five, 190 for five. Felt like, oh, really please, could have done, could have maybe done two more. Right. That there as a coach just gives you so much fucking data, doesn't it? Yes. You know what I mean? That's like, especially I've got someone doing volume and I'm looking at like this is a little easier than I was expecting. And I don't, and I'm like in my head, I'm like, I don't know where they're at the next week. I'll do that. Like same volume, but you know, on your last two sets, you got free roam to, as long as you hit five yeah. reps, 
pre-roll. And then sometimes they'll add 30 kilo on and I'm like, oh, fucking hell, I was well behind where I thought. And then you can reset. Recal- exactly. Like you, you you might you might have like, say, the, the thing written out in your head, like with the, right, we're still going three sets of three next week. But instead of it being like whatever, we're gonna, it's going to be 10% more because you've got that feedback of the of the testing. And um, so, and by the way, people listening here, testing does not need to be maxing it can be with a constraint yeah um but it just gives you if you're working with a coach it gives you a coach so much data to work work on like because if someone like, like you said using that scenario one set one seven five for five easy 190 for five felt like a couple more or whatever you could work off the 190 for five and work some percentages off that to get them working at a similar level than that you could give them four sets of five at 175 next week and then five sets of five at 175 the week after and you know that they're going to be able to do it and just build um so you you only know you only know that i suppose that's what i do in my programming like say every kind of say three to four weeks with pretty much everybody there'll be some kind of there'll be some kind of te- testing thing in there where they'll have like a roam to be in charge of what they're doing that I'll be able to map out the next kind of two to three weeks progression off like yeah. and and provide stuff that I know that they're going to be able to do and uh, I, I think it's a great way of Keep like knowing that you're working at the right level all the time rather than mapping out right this is what i'm going to do in 10 weeks time realistically you it could be too fucking hard or you could be if things if all things are going well you could be holding yourself back a little bit yeah i like v for that i i will be that model for that where where you just <clears throat> because if i say build to a five rep max in the head they get a specific number in their head that they focus on all day. They're going to hit a pre-workout assault, so whatever, and they're going to hit it. When I write five by five at 170, I'd load each set. It becomes more like, registers like graft work in their head. Yeah. And they, they don't, they go into the session knowing it's a volume session instead of that. It's like a different approach to the session, which means that they don't get as hyped. They end up, adding load each set and that top set's under like four sets of fatigue so they got a bit of back pump or whatever if it's a deadlift and also they know they're under a bit of fatigue and it's a different reward from the session they're like fuck me i'm really that top set of five was great you know i wonder what i'd hit fresh and that's why i like the ascending set model because it gives me a load of data it gives me a lot of data but it doesn't like fatigue the client as much as a top set of five in my opinion because there's a different approach to the day you know what I mean? Yeah. And and um the men- the mental fatigue that comes with that, like say you say, oh, I'll build up to a top triple or top set of five or whatever. Like as a as a as a client, I just I just feel like fucking I can't I'm thinking about that like as soon as I read it, I'm just obsessed with it. I'm like going to bed thinking about what I'm gonna what I'm gonna be lifting for that. Do you know what I mean? Whereas you you just change and 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 that can be great sometimes, but a lot of the time that can be like if you're doing that kind of every week, it can be so taxing and yeah, the ascending sets as well. There's no, there's no. Um, sometimes I write like five by five at two hundred kilo. If it's feeling good, you can go up a little bit on your last two sets. So that gives them the constraint that. 
if it's not feeling good, they can just say it 200 and they've still adhered to the plan. They've not failed anything. You know what I mean? Whereas if, if it's like you have to add weight and yeah. have, there's that feedback of, oh, I've not completed. So yeah, I really like that for a testing method and AMRAPs obviously, but I like AMRAPs that are uh, a little like, like, like I'm knowing someone's going to get eight to 10 area. So the load's a little down, um, you know, instead of instead of somebody getting like six or less or something, where it's quite a top stay uh, style. So yeah. Cool. So in summary, so if you're pe- peaking for a deadlift max, like number one, number one thing, uh, number one principle that Shane said: work backwards. Look at the goal for the comp. Where is it? Nine weeks away. Right, nine weeks away. What's the goal for the comp, roughly? What do we have opportunity to do in this nine weeks? Do we have like a bit of time where we can accumulate some volume and uh, in, like with the focus on uh, shifting a lot of weight, tonnage, blah, 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 uh, before we go into the peaking phase where you're going to be be more likely to be able to get more, more out of it? Um, if in doubt, if, the, if all this has just like confused you, um, if in doubt, build your max and just aim to get your max up over the next 12 weeks and whatever whatever rep range you work at, you, you're going to have more potential if you build your max, yeah? And again, if you're still confused, get in touch, get a, co- get a coach, go to Shane's website, fill in the application form, blah, 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 get in, get in touch with me, whatever, um, and get somebody to take the thinking out of you. But we've given you information there that people can go and apply and um, and crack on. And and don't don't be afraid of like say oh you have to stick to so and so's method. Like if you look at the last like say say last ten deadlift kind of ten week programs for somebody who's done really well at a deadlift, Shane, like they're all going to be fucking completely different, aren't they? Yeah, I mean you just. That as long as the principles are there that we yeah. know, then the actual way that you write it, the way you have to do it, like you could do a deadlift block with EMOMs, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, you, and it would work fine, you know. Well, I've, I've you know, I have phases like that, so it's one of those things where. Doesn't have as long as there's an as long as you're accumulating volume and recovering and you're increasing your tonnage, then you've done an accumulation phase. You know what I mean? Yeah. And 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 then as long as you have managed your recovery and you're pushing your load weekly and extracting that strength from your nervous system, then you've done a peak. The actual way it's written, the frequency, the volume, all this stuff, they can be variables that you can adjust and and make fun. That's why I love programming so much because. Someone said to me the other day that my method uh, does so-and-so. I won't go into what they said, but my method does so-and-so. And I was like, well, I don't have one method, but, you know, at all. There's like, there's, there's so many. Um, it's the principles are there, but the way in which, like I could write two deadlift peaks and they look completely different. But in my head, I'm like, well, this is just doing that. And this bit's doing that they're doing the same thing just in a different way and that's why you can get inventive and have fun with it and do things that you yeah. enjoy because as long as you're achieving the kind of goal you're sweet aren't you yeah like you say like 
like the different styles and different kind of blocks can actually go within that structure that you've just said, can't it? Like yeah, yeah. you rest pause, emoms, whatever you do it from different heights or whatever. And like, that's actually the, the kind of like fun creative element. You can have like these kind of um, the kind of bit volume accumulation blocks, like so, so, so much fun being, being creative with it. And you having a client and they don't, they don't have to do the same, same same block again there can be, be be subtle changes every time they build or what you can do when you change when you do all these blocks you might be able to think oh shane i remember when you remember when i did the emoms on fucking or rest pause block or whatever on deadlifts and uh, i just felt shit out on my my start position whatever blah 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 can we do can we repeat that block again yeah and you can just rinse and rinse and repeat it can't you yeah like um, the sets are a good one for remember when we did that for osg deadlift ladder we did like an accumulation block of clusters where you were kind of oh like, yeah 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 but that that's just an that's just like a deadlift accumulation phase isn't it but it became all the focus became on learning to grab the bar you know mix grip quickly yeah step away re-grab step away re-grab so like I say, sometimes you can kind of forget that that's the volume accumulation phase, really, isn't it? Because you just thought of it as learning to mix grip fast. So yeah, and, also- and also as well, like sometimes, sometimes like you, if you try different things, but within the kind of umbrella of like ticking, like say volume accumulation is the goal, but you're trying this kind of we'll we'll give this thing a try. I've just written a new block. Let's go and try it. You, I guarantee that most of the time, most of the time, like you will find like benefits within that that you didn't foresee when you planned it. And an example, like using that cluster style, cluster style one, the way that I did it, like I, I can remember doing it, and I can remember actually feeling like recovery was really, really easy because, like, for the, for the kind of percentage I was working at, I was working at quite a high percentage but able to recover. And then if you think about it, what I was doing, I was just doing the concentric and then dropping it. Yeah, say, yeah. And then uh, re-gripping it. And I was like, e- even when you're doing like, say five sets of five and slamming it down, you still got that kind of bit of eccentric stuff. You, you got that bit where you're absorbing the shock at the bottom of the bar. Um, so so th- that's an example, but that wasn't kind of necessarily part of the plan. You know what I mean? It's just a side benefit. Anyway, as ever, we're off on a tangent. But th- the three pointers that we've covered there um, that we can do- use to title this is clickbait and that, can't we? Um, so for the for the deadlift peak, the three principles of the deadlift peak. So number one, work backwards from the goal, like Shane said. Uh, if in doubt, build your max. Um, and then your potential at any given rep range will just go up. And then thing that I, I like in there, frequently test. Testing doesn't need to mean maxing. It can be built like just, just getting data within different constraints that, that's going to feed you, feed like the next few weeks. So you can just recalibrate within that, within that main structure. Um, yeah, nice one. Diddle-a-dum-dum. All right, cheers, Josh. Peace out.